The Christmas story is so powerful. And I know many of us have heard of it our whole lives, and we've associated multiple things with it, whether it be traditions, or maybe it's food, maybe it's Santa Claus, maybe it is Jesus. The whole Christmas story for you and I brings joy, brings peace. You know the signs, right? It brings so much into our lives, but I don't think that many of us know the full why. The full why that Christmas, for what it represents and and what it is to you and I, why it's so significant, so powerful. So you may not know something that I want to tell you. The Christmas story, if you don't know, is the beginning of what's called the Old Testament. If you don't know much about your Bible, here's your Bible. (laughs) The Bible has a New Testament and an Old Testament, a New Covenant and an Old Covenant. The beginning of the new part is the story of Jesus. And what precedes him are incredible stories of God speaking to and through lots of people. It's amazing. But here's what you may not know about your Bible. This part, the the part that you thought was filler. You're like, oh, that's a nice, pretty white piece of paper. And and now it's time to change and go to the New Testament. Here's what you need to know. This represents 400 years. This is 400 years. Now, here's why you and I don't like, well, what's, what happened in the 400 years? It's because it's 400 years of silence. What precedes the coming of Jesus? 400 years of God not speaking. Of God literally saying, all right, since, since you're not listening all that well, and, and people stopped listening to prophets. Those were people that God spoke through, and, and they really just were disregarding God. He's like, all right, I will be silent. And he was silent for four hundred years. No no more food from the sky. No more someone showing up saying, here's what God wants us to do. No more God intervening and saying, all right, here's how I can fix this. Just silence. Silence precedes Christmas. And silence messes with you and I, doesn't it? Silence is one of those weird things in life that we're not sure what to do with. And if you don't know this, I did some research for you. If you don't know this, there is the quietest place on earth. It is in Minnesota. Now, that's not because no one wants to live there. There's an actual laboratory. There's a laboratory that's been created that people will bring brands, the companies will bring their stuff, put it into this laboratory, into this, this area where they can find out actually how loud it truly is. So to do so, they've made this lab the quietest place on earth. In fact, it's so quiet. It messes with people, like literally will drive you crazy. They've watched this. I would love the job of watching the security camera on this room. Because here's what happens is though they've tested, they've brought people in and, and they're timing it. Can you imagine the bets? They put someone in here, here's what happens. They see how long they can last in the quiet room. And I don't know if you're thinking, all right, I wonder how long I could last. I wonder how long I could make it in this quietest place on earth. So far, the record is... 45 minutes. So far, one person and only one person has been able to make it 45 minutes. In fact, what they tell people, if you're going to be in this room for longer than 30 minutes, here's a chair. And they wonder like, well, I really don't need, I don't need, to, I don't need to sit down. They say that it's so disorienting, the silence, that you will hit a moment where you're not even sure if you can stand up. Not because all of a sudden it's gotten crazy, not because you're dehydrated, not because it's because it's so silent. They have said that when you go into this chamber and you do sit down and you are by yourself and it is quiet, 
you can hear your heartbeat. But they've even said that you can even hear your lungs working. I can't imagine how disoriented and crazy that would drive me. I think I would last for about one minute. Now, can you imagine 400 years of silence from the creator that made you? I don't think you and I, we cannot, I mean, imagine maybe the first couple years, the first 20 years where you might say, hey, you know, this is, this is tough. I wish we heard from God, but can you imagine generation after generation to no longer could you talk to your parents about what God sounds like? No longer could you talk about your, your great-grandparents. You didn't have any more generations to figure out what does God sound like. God went silent for 400 years. Now, if you're anything like me, I've experienced the silence of God where you have this moment, and you're like, God, this is going on. I mean, this, this, I'm wrestling through this. Like, what do you think I should do? And nothing. In the midst of tragedy, in the midst of problems, or, or you're just wanting to know, like, hey, it's a rough day. Can you just, like, say something to let me know you're here? And, and it's silence. Just silence. I've had that. I imagine that you've had that. And you got to understand something in the midst of silence and in the midst of the Christmas story. You've got the Christmas story, this incredible moment. Jesus, the Son of God, being born in amazing happening. This is so awesome. 400 years preceding that. I want to tell you something about those 400 years. He was silent, but not absent. And that is a crucial truth for you to know. Because you and I, when we give each other the silent treatment, typically it's, well, we're mad at someone else. And we're saying, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm going to talk to you. And you begin to kind of deflect and say, stay away, and I don't want to talk. And it's, it's a breakdown in the relationship, and, the, and people stop serving each other. But I want to tell you, the 400 years, the 400 years that, that divides this Bible, God was silent, but he was not absent. And there's a huge difference. I will give you some details regarding this. In fact, while he was absent and the people were crying out, God, do something, people began to take over God's people. They're the Israelites, the, Israel, the Jewish people, they, they were getting overrun by tons of people. I'll give you one, the Greeks. The Greeks said, hey, uh, we now got you. You are ours. And they took them over and, and overcame them. And, but you need to know what was going on is, is a lot of different languages were spoken, and so you couldn't just go from town to town to town and, and be able to communicate. There were all these different languages. So when the Greeks took over, they're like, all right, there's going to be a universal language here, and it's going to be Greek. So that happened during the 400 years of science, but that wasn't it. The Romans decided to show up and be like, hey, we want to be in charge of the whole world, and they took over. And here's what the Romans did. If you don't know much about your history, you slept through it. I slept through it, and I had to learn this later. But the Romans built roads between the cities and created these ways that you could easily get from place to place. So track with me on the Christmas story. The Christmas story begins the message of Jesus, the Savior coming to earth. And you and I know this information, but what preceded the birth of Jesus was God's silent, but he, he was not absent. He was allowing things to happen. I mean, you can imagine the Jewish folks were upset. Why are you letting these people oppress us and come into our lives? And 
Not let us have control. And he's like, I'm making a way. I'm making a way from my message to go all over. I think this can be encouraging to you and I. That maybe God is silent to you right now. And you wish that he would speak up. You wish he would be at least louder or make his presence known. But I'm going to tell you that if he's silent, he might be doing what you and I do when often we're silent. Working extra hard in your life. But then, and I hope this helps explain the Christmas story. Then God breaks his silence. And I don't know how you would have broken your silence. If you've ever argued with your spouse and offered the uh, silent treatment, you know how awkward and weird breaking that silence is. Imagine, how did God break his silence? Will you actually know how he broke his silence? It's called the Christmas story. I'll show this to you. Matthew chapter 1, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So just so you know, that hadn't been happening. (laughs) There were no dreams and visions and, and God communicating. And all of a sudden, 400 years snapped. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you're in the name of Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Those words to Joseph now might ring a bit more potent and powerful than Mary God talked to. Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. I mean, that is so significant. And if you go read on a little bit further, verse 31. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. So here, let me build this for you. I hope this makes sense. You've got the birth of Jesus, the celebration of Christmas, as you and I know But God has just broken his silence to a couple folks. And in fact, he even goes further. There's some shepherds that hear some things. There's a star that happens and some magi start following it. God is breaking his silence, but do not miss this. This is not God saying, here you go. Kind of like we do on Christmas. Here you go. Here's the present. Here's here's a gift. I hope you like it and, and use it well and and, and uh, it's not a here you go. It was not God being absent. That Christmas, it is here I am. It, it is a pressing into a, this moment where God's saying, I'm not just going to give you something, a tool. I, I'm going to be with you. Christmas is this breaking of 400 years of silence. Not with a phone call or a text or a letter, but with the very presence of God. If you've ever experienced the silence of a close friend or even God, you know when that silence is broken how significant that is. But when it's broken with their very presence, oh my, do we get stirred up. If you're like me, I like to sometimes waste a bunch of time on YouTube like way too much time. And, 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 and on YouTube, if you ever want to spend hours, uh, now bring a Kleenex box with you, uh, you can watch returning soldiers and airmen 
coming and seeing their family for the first time. After they've been, they've been deployed for a while, been off in training for a while, and they've been gone, and unexpectedly they show up. I don't know if you've ever seen these. And so if you haven't ever seen these, we, we grabbed one because I want you to really get this. So I want you to cue in on this news story as we get to witness this incredible reunion of a dad with his kids. Take a look. Assembly day at East Rochester School is always a good day, but for fourth grader Adrian Hebert and her little sister Emily in kindergarten, they have no idea just how special it's about to become. And here's why. In a nearby classroom, Gunnery Sergeant Donnie Hebert is just home from Afghanistan. He wasn't supposed to return until April, and he's about to see his daughters for the first time in months. Well, let's see, shall we? First, Adrian sees a welcome home banner. Initially, there's confusion, but when she sees her dad for the first time in a long time, it all gives way to this. We have a very, very special guest today. Emily breaks from the pack first. And then seconds later, the Hebert family is whole again. How you doing, baby? And daddy. Muffled sobs into the chest of this Marine say it all. Although after the reunion, the girls gave it their best shot. For mom Jamie, it was a tough secret to keep. But with this kind of reaction, it was all worth it. I mean, I see it. Some of you are like nonchalantly. Just kind of, it's powerful when someone is reunited with someone they love. It's so significant. You and I get this, right? We get this. So I hope the Christmas story begins to resonate with your soul in a way that it never has. That it wasn't God just fixing a problem it was God saying, here I am. And in fact, I want to word it for you because I think this will help us remember this. The Christmas, Christmas is the story of God breaking his silence with his presence. I think this helps you and I walk this out more significantly than we ever have. So let me tell you what Christmas does for you and I. It presses in to you and God and what you've done with the presence of God. I would say the greatest gift ever offered on Christmas is the presence of God. And here's why I would say it's the greatest gift. I think it deals with the question that you and I have. Does God care about me? Now I'm gonna be very open with you right now. I've asked that and I've asked it more than once. Does God actually care about me? And if you're, if you're willing, I don't know if you are, but if you're willing to press into the question and not, not say, oh, yeah, of, yeah, of course he does, and you offer that answer that you know you're supposed to, but does God care about me? Christmas can become one of the moments of evidence that you have that God does care about you. In fact, if you know the Bible at all, or maybe you've watched some football games, maybe you're a Tim Tebow fan for some reason, and you know about John 3.16. I mean, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he, he sent his only son. Whoever believes gets to have eternity with God. Yeah, yeah John 3.16 tells me 
that God cares about me, but many of us, because, because it's been said and spoken and quoted all over the place, we, we miss the fact that it tells us that God cares about us. So I wanted to show you another place in the Bible. Romans chapter 10. Oh, coincidental maybe. That's, it's in Romans. No, not so much. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. If, if this is confusing to you and you're like, openly declare and believe in my heart. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, if you believe Jesus did come at Christmas and he came for you giving God, of making God available to you and I, if, if you believe that, if you're like, yeah, I got that. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will get to spend eternity, eternity in the presence of God. For it is by believing in your heart in other words, it's real, it's not religion, it's real. Believing in your heart that you're made right with God and is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. But watch this, because someone's like, well, that doesn't apply to me. Oh, you better believe it does. As the scriptures tell us, anyone, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile, that's the way saying everybody. Jew and Gentile are, are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone and everyone. We say it all the time. Anyone and everyone. God came and said, here I am for anyone and everyone. That includes you. Are you ready this Christmas season to quit trying to do all of life on your own, trying to wonder what's the meaning of life and what if you were to press in and say, you know what? God is here and I just have to invite him into my life. If you're ready to accept the gift that God offers, his presence in your life, I want us to have a time for you to do that. So, so would, you, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? The only reason I want you to focus I, I don't want us to get distracted by anything else. I want us to focus and press in. And if you're ready to welcome in the very presence of God into your life, to choose his will, his way, and to quit trying to do it all on your own. If you're ready, I can give you some words to begin that conversation. Just say this privately to God. God, I am so sorry for doing it my way. I'm sorry for my sin. And I decide today to believe and declare, God, that you saved me. That Jesus really did come to earth. Jesus really did come for me. So God, I invite your presence to be in my life. I'm gonna follow you every single day that I have breath. I'm gonna follow you every moment that I can. I won't be perfect, God. But I surrender my life to you and ask that you consume it. God, I am now yours. And so I pray this in the name of Jesus.